On this special edition of the Mendoza Line, the NBA draft is still a day away and it's already produced plenty of speculation and excitement. Where will Justin Jackson and Tony Bradley go? Will Paul George end up a Laker sooner rather than later? And will the Hornets draft another tall white guy? All that and much, much more on this special summer edition of the Mendoza Line. Let's go. This is royalty free. Yeah. <laughs> sure it is. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Mendoza. Uh, we're here. back. We're back. Oh, yes, it is royalty free. Okay. My, my boy is coming from the West Coast. How That's are That's right. Doing? The boys coming from the West Coast. We're doing well. John Thomas here with Jonah Lassie and Nathan Bernstein. It's been a while, more than a month now, even longer for Nathan. He took an early vacation on us. But yes, we're back at it here on the Mendoza line, back at the School of Media and Journalism. Nathan, we got to get caught up, first of all, because, Nathan, you've made a cross-country journey over the past yeah. couple of weeks, have you not? Please divulge what, what, what has gone on for you for the past couple of months, Well, or past couple of weeks, I You know, say. I wanted to be able to drive around school for my senior year. Oh, so I didn't have to pick you up in the morning? Yeah, it was only so that I wouldn't have to oh, bum rides from my Jonah. Role. <clears throat> yeah, I had to pick him up a couple of times, and that was enough. Yeah, now I'll be driving people around a connection, yeah. but... So a couple weeks ago, I left Seattle. We went down. Should I just go leg by leg yeah, or like yeah, stop leg every leg. stop? Let's okay, first yeah, stop is Pendleton, Oregon, right up the the eastern uh, border of the two states of Washington and Oregon. They they have Pendleton blankets. This is the only thing in this town is this little store that makes these like really cool like Native American like blankets and shirts and all that kind of stuff. That's it. So that's, if you that's go, all Pendleton, that's Oregon. That's the Oregon only thing Pendleton, Oregon. If you go to any house in the Northwest, all the blankets will be like Pendleton style. So what is, is this just a special style, just the way they're made? Yeah, just Google it. Just okay. Google image Pendleton. I'm going to Google Pendleton or Pendleton blankets, blankets or something like that. While you guys do that, then, um, and my mom joined me for the first part of the trip down to New Mexico because uh, doing that, doing going halfway across the country alone probably would have driven me crazy. I don't think I could have done that. I mean, I, I couldn't be alone with you that long. So I, you being by yourself in your own head, that probably yeah. makes sense. Yeah. No, I would have gone insane. And then the uh, next, uh, we went through Idaho, Twin Falls, Boise, did some kayaking, uh, outdoorsy stuff, then through Utah. I still can't see Nathan doing outdoorsy stuff. I'm very outdoorsy. I mean, this guy goes skiing, He's wearing right? a flannel right he now. He is That's wearing right. a flannel. He looks very outdoorsy. Yeah, this is my Northwest flannel shirt. This is what you could see this at Pendleton any day. I'm not sure if he's going the kayaking or going to a coffee shop. I don't know. Both, at the, same Both at the same time. That's right. The there actually, you know, shop. there actually is a um, Ivers Seafood uh, place on the lake in Washington that you can go and park your kayak and oh, get food. That's respectable. So that's what that's I was cool. doing. <laughs> okay, so then through Utah... Uh, we went to Ogden, home of Dame Lillard, did some more, you know, outdoorsy stuff, went through Salt Lake City, the most boring city in America, bar none. Hashtag nightlife. And I can actually say that now that I've gone through America yeah, before. You know what the Warriors are talking about now. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> and uh, then we went through Colorado in a Mesa Verde National Park. Very cool. I've already, I've been there before, but it's worth going back, just hiking through that whole kind of canyony area. Uh, through Albuquerque, New Mexico. Just a stop. There was nothing to do in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, There's the Weird Al song, right? The like ten minute Weird Al song on Albuquerque. I want to go to Albuquerque. Yeah, it's it's extremely long. It's it's pretty funny. It tells a long story. We we won't. We it's probably copyrighted, so we won't play it. I've had a couple friends live in Albuquerque. I'm I want to give it my own taste. It's bigger than I thought. It's like six hundred thousand people. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, I mean it's the central of New Mexico. There's not much else in New Mexico. Anyway, yeah. So then, um, what's east of that? Oh, yeah. Then I had to drive, like, three days through that in West Texas, which is easily the most boring part of the country. Like, bar none. Kansas. Other people Nebraska. have backed me up on this, too. I, um, I have driven through Kansas a little bit, but this was worse. Yeah, but you weren't driving through Kansas, were you? No. Yeah, you weren't. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You had someone drive you I'm through I'm impressed Kansas. that this is so much driving. That is a lot. It though. was. It was easier than I thought it would be. I I was kind of worried that I would, like, get into this and it would be really, really rough and I would be falling asleep at the wheel or, like, doing some bad things like that. But it was – I didn't do any more than, like, six or seven hours of driving a day. It's weak. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing that much driving. It's the first time I've ever done that much no, driving. I'm not going to just, you know, lean into it. I will. You just go for it. Yeah, yeah. take it, take it, you know, pace yourself. Yeah. Anyway, then um, I have a friend in San Antonio who's staying there over the summer where he goes to school at Trinity. We just played basketball every day. That's all we did in San Antonio. It's a nice city. 
nothing you, you special. You playing pickup with Kawhi? No, Kawhi oh. was not around. Gosh. Um, <laughs> then, then I picked up another friend, Ben, who goes to Johns Hopkins. We met in San Antonio, and I kind of, you know, he came with me up until Atlanta. But in between there, we went to New Orleans, where my other friend Katie goes to Tulane. And, you know, she showed us around the French Quarter, Bourbon Street, all that good stuff. Did all the New Orleans things. That was really cool. And then uh, finally Atlanta was the— You beat I, me to SunTrust Park. Yeah, I did. I was Braves able yeah. the crowd No, my friend Carolyn, who goes to, to Emory, was able to take me to a Braves game. Uh, ben and I stayed with her and her friends. Atlanta was probably my favorite city. Atlanta's really I, nice. Which, which surprised I was kind of surprised when you said that, too, because yeah. I would have thought San Antonio or something like that. I like, would have, too, but North no, Atlanta Atlanta really impressed me. Well, I get, I, grew, I didn't grow up going to Atlanta a lot. I was just close, so I, did, I didn't really think I'll even lot. plug. I liked it so much, I'll plug it. If you're ever in Atlanta, if you have to do one thing and get food at one place, go to Mary Mac Tea House. What about Vortex Burger? I did go there, actually, with... Uh, with uh, Rachel Scott from Ooh. our very own J School. Oh, wow. She's doing her Rachel. CNN internship. She I met her for lunch. Yeah, internship. we went yes. to Vortex. Nice. Yeah shout, yeah. shout out to Rachel doing that CNN internship. Yeah. That's pretty. She's that's working sweet. on Wolf Blitzer's show. That's wow. Great. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> I told her I would go catch up with her if I ever went down there. So Nathan, which sounds terrifying go. working with Wolf Blitzer, yeah, by the way. It does, <laughs> doesn't it though? John, let me working go. with any guy named Wolf, but especially if it's Wolf Blitzer. John, let's go down to a, go down to SunTrust sometime. We can go this summer, can't we? Yeah, we can go this we'll summer. Go we can hit a, hit an Atlanta United game. Yeah, that'd Atlanta be fun. United I saw a lot of Braves. Atlanta United shirts down there. It was, it's huge, which it, was like, cool. Watching the amount of people at the games going nuts, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm proud of them. I'm so, proud of Atlanta. So Atlanta, your favorite part of the trip, you'd say? Yeah. Okay. No, well, I'm not gonna say favorite part because I saw a lot of good friends along the way, but favorite place. Favorite place. Okay. Favorite and then place from there, the it was a just you know short short shot to Chapel Hill. Yeah. Well, it's like yeah. No, seven it's, hours or so. Six seven hours. Not, not even, even. Yeah, not even. Yeah, it's like five or six. Yeah. It's not bad. I made the drive for the UNC Georgia game uh, or back in the fall. We stopped, I stopped there on the way to Houston. It's just I made that shot straight, and I it was we we left for Houston a couple years back at eight o'clock at night, and I drove through the night to Atlanta, so I was a little delirious by the time we hit there. That's because <laughs> we legitimately didn't stop. So I That's don't know fun. how to t- how much time part. So That's Nathan right. made the journey from West Coast to East Coast. How long did it take you? I know you made some stops. I think but I think I kind of forgot. It was like thirteen or fourteen days total. Okay. Yeah. And That's you said not, you didn't drive more bad. than like six hours a day. Yeah, and I stayed in San Antonio and Atlanta for both like multiple days. Yeah, so That's so it was, it was spread out enough. It John, wasn't too much. John made his own adventure. Tell us about it. That's John, right. You, you I, representing our great school. That's right. I was representing our very own journalism school uh, in the Hearst Awards. Basically, they call it. I don't know if this is how reputable or true this is. They call it the Pulitzer Prize of College Journalism. I mean, it sounds about right. Something along those lines. That's what they call it, at least, or what they like to call it. That's what I say, so people are impressed. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> well, no, we'll that, that or you call it the Hearst National Championship. That's, I mean, you know, we, we win, you know, bringing home yeah, multiple that, that works national too. championships. That works, too. I mean, we are the University of National Champions. Yeah, uh, so I, I did not bring home the National Championship, but you our helped. very own, I, I helped because our very own Jess O'Connor from Carolina Connection came in first overall in the Hearst National Championships she, in the Jessica, radio category. Uh, we all love Jess, and she's amazing. But she couldn't got there without you, John. We all know that. Oh man, I am I am flattered. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know that. You know we we all. But congrats, Jessa. You're amazing. Yes, you know she's amazing. And also, the School of Media and Journalism for the third straight year was the overall Hearst National Champion. You know that was coming. So congratulations. Another national championship for UNC in that regard. But yeah, San Francisco was incredible. So I started out the trip. I flew out from Raleigh on Sunday. The competition officially started on Monday. We kind of had an orientation day. And while we were out there, the goal of the competition was to make a two-minute radio story uh, regarding, of course, the topic was uh, Donald Trump and just the impact of Trump in whatever area you chose. I chose relating to journalism and his comments on journalists potentially being thrown in jail. So I actually, this is something I think, I know, Nathan, you'll find this interesting. I talked to Lance Williams, the one of the reporters who broke the Balco case uh, back in 2005, 2006, that area, the Barry Bonds case. Ooh. Yeah, so I ended up talking to him, and so that was really, really fun, because he almost got thrown <coughs> in jail uh, for that, and because the Justice Department came after them. So that was pretty interesting. Got to interview him. Really, really neat, but... Went to AT&T Park while I was out there. Actually went to both a Giants game and an A's game. AT&T Park is incredible. I did that the first day I was there. That was worth the trip alone. What about the Coliseum? 
Coliseum, I mean, it's it's a, they're very different experiences. There's no doubt about that. Um, no, I like. I mean, I forgot how much history is in the Coliseum, and that the A's used to be really, really good. So that was fun for me. And my dad like went to the A's game with me, and he wasn't like an A's fan growing up, but the A's were really good while he was growing up. So you know, he talked about wearing white cleats because the A's wore white cleats, and you know, he had the Technicolor jerseys and all that. So there's some history there. But as far as a ballpark experience, I've never been to one better than AT and T Park. Huh. I will 100% back that. I sat in the upper deck in right field and had a view of the bay the entire game. Incredible. Such a great experience. I would highly recommend that to anyone. So did that on Sunday, did the competition and such. We had fancy dinners, got all dressed up, had a dinner at the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art one night. That was extremely that was nice. fancy. There's lots of schmoozing happening. Uh, it was a lot of fun. There's something you missed, though. There's something you didn't do. Yeah, I'm very disappointed about it. There I is something I didn't mom, do, and we can segue this mom into... Legit, mom legitimately asked me four times if John went to the game. John did not go to the game. He John sh- did not go sh- to the NBA Finals. And mom's Even though the NBA Finals were happening while I was in San Francisco, I know, I got to be next to Oracle at Tracy the A's Fitzmaurice game. Tracy Fitzmaurice is very disappointed in you. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh... Tracy, but yes, I did not go to the NBA Finals because the final awards dinner was on the night of Game One. Skip it. How inconsiderate you, that they put Katie the awards dinner. Katie destroyed LeBron's ankles in Game One. That would have been I worth know, it alone. I know. <laughs> uh, and then on Sunday, the day of Game Two, this is like the ultimate like first world problems excuse. I was playing Pebble Beach. <laughs> so I mean, look, I can't complain in any way because Pebble Beach was the mo- arguably the most incredible experience I've ever had in my life because it's f- so much fun to play golf there, but also every view you yeah. turn, every way you turned was absolutely breathtaking. Yeah, see, I, I, I wouldn't be able it to play there. Because if I was playing there, every time you'd go for for a putt, I'd be like, so this is where all of Cali's water is going. I mean, it, it really, it's, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> I, I love, I loved it. It was such an incredible experience. Got to share it with my dad. It was really cool. But no, I was not there for the NBA Finals, and we haven't done a show since then, which is crazy. I wanted to get in here with you, John, and just rant. Oh, I know. On I know. We wanted, to, we wanted to hate on LeBron, but we are. Why? Because it's fun. Because we're LeBron haters. It's, it's I mean, fun. I really, it is fun. Such it is. a boring You know, thing you know the way you hate everything in life? That's how we just channel that to one thing. <laughs> and we just channel it. You know, we chan- I channel it, you know, LeBron and. Maybe no, no. I used to hate like Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't hate Cristiano. Yeah, this anymore. podcast, this particular show, we have we have an outline, but this is going to be probably one of the longer shows we do because we don't have like I don't even where to be. Yeah, take yeah. a break. Maybe if this goes really long, we won't do another show in a little bit. So maybe you know, have a breather, yeah. save the second half of it for later. Yeah, no, like, like, listen to this first part and definitely, like... We might even, we should just split this up so we don't have to make people download, like, a two and a half hour thing. It's probably a good idea. It's Joe Rogan-esque. You can deal, okay? Joe Rogan does three hour podcast. If he can do three, we can do That's true. I mean, you look at, I was listening to Colin Coward on the way up here. They do, he does two, three hours every day. All these radio guys do three hours every day. We're just preparing for the real world, man. But we don't have sponsors, so... We don't have sponsors. (laughs) Or listeners. You know, they can... I know, right? They can... They can throw in some. We songs. should just give them royalty-free musical interludes. Yeah. At times, just <laughs> yeah. to just we, can, the, we can play some more of that intro music. Give them the experience of it. Well, I'm right. glad you were impressed by that. By the way, yeah, that, did, that sounded very high quality. It's real, very high quality compared to some of that free, stuff out there. Not only royalty-free, it was free. I didn't have to pay it. Money-free. Yeah. Money-free. Yeah, money-free. The best kind. Right before we jump in, I'll tell you about my amazing summer. I, you guys have been all across the country. I, uh, I spent a couple weeks at home. And then I made the amazing trek down I-40, and that's it. All right. <laughs> I've driven, Sounds good. I've and you guys are now working together. Yeah. We're, well, basically— Or you're working at the same place. Yeah, I don't know working, if you're working together. Same job, same place. It's just I'm better, and he just— Well, you got he, a one-week head start, and I am I very do, quickly catching up I do all the work, and he comes in and cleans it up a So bit. you guys are working for Walter Storholt oh, at Third Wheel the fame, Media? The famed yep. Walter Storholt. The we're fame, pretty yes. much—we've got these, like— 20-minute chunks of pod. We're starting with podcasts. We'll probably Maybe. start doing radios. I'll probably start doing soon, radio yeah. tomorrow. Um, but 
we're, we're listening to these financial advice shows pretty much. There's one, I think, realtor show. Yeah. But, but we're, you know, we're just going through it. It's not super interesting to talk about. We're just going through it and cleaning up the audio. There but it's some, good practice. I will say, though, the there's a few things in there. I feel, I already, I feel a little better oh, no, for no, my listening to, future. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> not saying the podcasts are boring. Listening to the podcasts are boring. Listening to me talk about yeah. Audio editing the podcast is boring. That's why people ask what Will you guys I do. advance? Like are there is there a projected because I know Walter with me with women's basketball, he had this, you know, projected like arc, all right, we're gonna start you here and we're gonna build Honestly, you up to this point. Probably doing radio, but we're just kinda he basically said, you know, you can advance as much as you want. You can do it as long as you want. It's like really yeah. is I think the amount of hours we'll be there will probably run out of work. At yeah. the level we're doing, so maybe they'll eventually coach us up to something else. Yeah, but and then we're both. Then again, we're working together. We're both going to be on the women's basketball broadcast because I'm taking your place as the kind of the new guy around there. So that should be fun. And Nathan, Nathan's the old, the the old vet. hand. Nathan's the vet in that one. So yeah, year four. Yeah, the rookie and the vet. It's crazy. Yet he's not a journalism major. We don't get it. We don't get it. Yeah, we don't. We don't get that. Yeah, Nathan is not a journalism major. Yeah. Are you? You're a. You are a minor though, correct? Yeah. Okay, and you've never taken the Carolina Connection class. Nope. But he's been in it, what, two years? I took, no, three. Three? I, oh, wow. Well, I mean, the first year going was very light volunteeringness. Yeah. But uh, I, I took sports extra. That was my uh, credit for whatever those are, you know. Yeah, yeah Adam always brings that up. Like, is Nathan going to take the class? No, is I, I kind of <laughs> had to tell him, like, nope, it's not going to happen. I'll, I'll show up. I'll do the work, but I am not going to take those three-hour credits. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. Another thing that came out of the Hearst Awards, since UNC won first overall, we also, for the first time ever, uh, they gave an, a monetary award to go along with that. Ooh. So the school got 20. Do I get a cut of that? I wish. Hey, I wish I did. Um, <laughs> we all anchored. The school got, we all anchored for yeah, award I think we're, program. we're all three of us on that show that won the, the individual award. I don't award. think I did. I don't remember. I, think it, it was, I don't think I was It was reporting. me, you, John, and I think maybe Jessa. Yeah, I don't Tenley, think I was reporting. Tenley anchored the... You might have had a, sh- you might have had a story on I that maybe, show, though. Maybe, maybe. So I don't your remember. name was in there. But I know that was, that was something else even besides her stuff, but... Uh, yeah, no, the so the journalism school got you got four thousand dollars I think we got four thousand dollars in each category we placed in and that was second in broadcast, second in photojournalism, second in multimedia. So that's twelve thousand dollars. And then for coming in first overall in the country, we got twenty five thousand dollars to epic. which Dean King was really, really excited. Yeah. yeah. And so we ended up coming home with thirty-seven thousand dollars that night. Doctor T will put up a banner in the hallway. That's right. We've got a banner up there, (laughs) and we'll put twenty-seven on it. Doctor T was there. Can we can we ask for a slice of that just to put a few a few more padding uh, padding in the the podcast room here? Just add a little bit. No, when you hear people walking in the hallway during our show, it just adds character. (laughs) It makes it feel more alive. Yeah. Exactly. Well, because we you know we're like in Studio sixty six. You know, that's all it is. It's just you know we're in a big studio complex. That's right. That's all it is. It's those next people going by. Dave Damashek's just walking down the hall. That's all it is. We're fine. But anywho, so I guess we should actually start the show. We're almost twenty minutes in now. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is where you start the recording. If you just downloaded the podcast, skip to here. We we can leave. We can <laughs> unless leave a, you like care that much about our lives, which chances are you don't. You can leave a footnote. I would, I would appreciate it if you did. Leave, we'll, we'll leave you a footnote. Cut to eight, the 18 minutes and then... Yeah, oh no, I, I footnote every podcast with, like, topics, and so people can jump to where they want to jump to. Do this one to chapters almost. Now. Yeah, this one will almost be... We just got through the prologue here, yeah. and so now we're on to chapter like one. Like an audiobook. Yeah. <laughs> Flip we'll to put, side B. Yeah. We'll put this on Audible or something instead of uh, iTunes or yes. SoundCloud or all those all other wonderful them. places you can all listen do to us. All, all of them. We get... We're everywhere. We're, we are. We're everywhere. On to the NBA draft. Yay! Since we'll be releasing this it. on Wednesday, I'm very excited. We're yeah, all very the excited the, about My this. only issue with the draft is the fact that it's on my birthday, so I'm going to be out and about doing stuff. So I'm just Yeah, we were going to do a Facebook Live show during the draft, which would be very Could have done it at my house and everything, but I'm going to be out and about. I'm sorry, y'all. Yeah, well. Jonah, Jonah's birthday, ruining everything. Yeah, but, generally. yeah, the NBA draft, by the time you'll be hearing this, it will be tomorrow. We'll release this on Wednesday, the day before the draft. And first day of summer. So, well, first they, the, this podcast will be on the first day of summer. Or hottest day. Hence the, hence the change in the intro because whatever it's summer. It yeah. So yeah. Cool. Cool. Anywho. Yeah. NBA draft. Let, let's talk about. Um, you, you put in their storylines. What are your guys' favorite storylines right now? Well, Leading I just want to preface it. this before we di- before we dive in. I don't want 
my excitement for the draft and for free agency and the gamesmanship of the offseason of the NBA to be mistaken for actual excitement for the NBA because the oh, NBA is Nathan's broken. Nathan's excited, but he can't be. Get too out just, it's just my my neurotic nerdiness at of least, having to know everything about it. At least the draft is in the offseason like a normal okay, sport. Okay, chill, chill. No, about the here. MLB. No, Get out of don't, here. Don't come at that. It's, no. This come was the most boring NBA season so far that I can remember in my life. Even though I was rooting for the Warriors. How, 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 how long you've been closely following the NBA? Like 10 years. Okay, anyway, that's not very long. and I even watched, I watched the whole five hours of the Lakers-Celtics uh, rivalry 30 for 30, which was really good. Yet. I haven't recorded. The I 30 for 30 yet. is really good, but I just, like, it makes you realize the NBA has always been like this, and it's always been a two-team or one-team league for 10 years at a time, just depending on who it is. How much would it suck if it was the 80s and the 70s and the 60s and you were just some other fan of a team other than the Lakers or Celtics. How boring would that Those be? Those are the golden years, aren't they? Yeah, if you were a fan <laughs> of two of the teams. Yeah, I know. Which I know. everyone kind of had to be, and it's kind of turning into that because now I am practically a Warriors fan. Yeah, so how I much? Mean, especially now yeah. that I've been to San Francisco and have the excuse, like, I got a Steph t-shirt while I was there. So now I really, like, yeah, I'm so full as, on at this So point. as much as I'm excited about the draft and I love seeing where all the college players go and I love trying to figure out what would be the best move for each team, it kind of gets lost in that none of it really matters except for two or three of these moves. Okay, great. Well, Nathan's well, a grouch. That's so. cool for you, but, you know, the, the worst teams in the NBA are more fun than baseball, so get out of here. I'd rather watch the Brooklyn Nets. All I'd right. rather watch the NBA draft than the War- No, not the World Series. World Series is awesome. All right. Storylines. Storylines. What well, are your favorite storylines? So at some point here, we're going through. Nathan and I have both made mock drafts. We yeah, will go we're through, go through those for sure. Some of those. We're but not going just through the entire thing. That really, would be, we'd be here all night. There's some interesting or just you know kind of weird storylines leading up to Thursday. What so are obviously, some of the obviously at? the biggest one. Being in the most in the past couple of days, the Celtics making the trade yeah. to move up or to move down to the oh. number three pick. The Sixers now number one overall to complete the process taking, to com- to continue complete the process. They'll take Markel Fultz unless something strange happens. So you never know. There's been some I weird think things. the Lakers obviously are one of the more interesting teams to watch, especially considering the trade that just happened about yeah, 30 as we're minutes recording ago. This, we're recording I walked this into tonight. the room and Jonah broke the news. It yeah. upset me. Yeah. yeah, Nathan, I came I was in the bathroom. Nathan came back. I was coming back and this was the first time I've seen Nathan in a couple of months and he hadn't changed and he was yelling about how terrible a yeah. trade it was. Oh, deloading D'Angelo Russell going to uh, going to the Net- Brooklyn Nets with Timothy Mozgov. Just Timothy. His name is just it's like awful. Russian, right? Yeah, yeah, he's Russian. Timothy Mozgov, the awful contract that he is. There's, they got shipped to the Brooklyn Nets for Brook Lopez in the 27th pick in this draft. It's a, probably a good I mean, pick. Overall. Yeah, I mean, it's it's I mean, not you know it's not that big a deal, but it just means that the Lakers are moving, especially since Paul George has now almost, said he wants to go to L.A. And so the Lakers now, the Cavs are supposedly in on that. The Cavs are also supposedly on, in on Jimmy Butler. There's Isaiah Thomas liking Gordon or following Gordon Hayward on Instagram. There's all this weird not, stuff you get in the NBA offseason. It's very fun, but. I am not really buying into the, so much of it until it actually happens. Like, yeah, I was just then I get excited because I mean a, a, another thing you get a lot this time of year is the people going on the ESPN trade maker or whatever and being like, "Look, I can trade Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love for Chris Stapps, Mello, and some other throwaway player for the Knicks." You guys should make that happen. <laughs> In know, fact, the Hawks. I think it was the Hawks Twitter account today. I saw this tweeted out and said, according to our mentions, we should trade for everyone. Yeah. And the Hornets replied, bruh, same. <laughs> so apparently teams are getting a lot of yeah, this time of year, and it's kind of overblown. What that one trade does, though, it shows one, the Lakers are move, making moves. The they're, Lakers are they're making ready moves. To, they're ready Stupid to, moves. They're flipping a switch, whether you it's like not it or that not. Bad. What it means is that number two pick is almost guaranteed to be Darren Fox or Lonzo Ball. Most likely it's Lonzo, Lonzo Ball. Ball. Almost guaranteed to be Lonzo, but you never, again, More you never on know. Lonzo later in the show. Yeah. Almost guaranteed Lonzo. Markel's almost guaranteed one, so that kind of mystery's packed up. So now that third pick's going to be really interesting, like you said, the Celtics. Are they going to trade for Jimmy Butler or Paul George? Are they going to try to sign Blake Griffin, Gordon Hayward? Or are they just going to take Josh Jackson or Jason Tatum? It just, you know, this draft is one of the more exciting I've seen in a long time. Not to mention the talent, just storylines leading into it. The this, is, this is as much fun crawling. as the draft. I mean, Nathan, you say it's been a boring NBA season. 
You have to agree, this is one of the more intriguing oh, drafts. Oh, absolutely. I was talking about purely play oh, yeah, absolutely. Only. Yeah, I mean, this just draft has been so intriguing yeah. And as much follow. as I rail on the NBA, it is definitely one of the more fun leagues to follow the offseason action and where players go, especially because we all pay so, such close attention to college basketball. I really enjoy watching their careers once they go to the NBA and following what happens to everybody. So, you know, I was I was all bored with the NFL draft stuff because I don't follow these. Like, you knew the draft. You knew the players. I knew even, then, there sure. was, even then, there wasn't. There wasn't. It wasn't like this, though. No, it wasn't anything like this. No, nothing like this. Plus, I mean, again, the top ten is three days. so like, deep. It's also harder to to see the immediate impact unless you do get a franchise quarterback. Because if a team drafts an offensive lineman in the first round, might be a great pick. He might be an incredible player. He might even be a Pro Bowler year one. It's still an offensive lineman. That's not going to change your team. If you look that at somebody, much. maybe like an Aaron Donald. Who came out of pit yeah. and he had an immediate impact. But you don't and you don't know that but yet. Know but in that. the NBA, in the, at least the top that top tier, that top echelon, echelon of um of really, really good blue chip players, you can say that this player is going to add like fifteen or twenty wins to this team. Yeah, and right off the bat, and especially this season, you're looking at the top ten picks could all be star players eventually. Not that they all will, but they all have the potential to be. And they could fall it's, in it's the not face, that there's a standout among all of them. I really think Markel. you could yeah, Markel could be the standout, <laughs> but even then, Josh Jackson or Jason Tatum, De'Aaron Fox, especially. He has the highest potential for a standout, but they all could be. They, come all, out of the could, pack. they all could come out they of go. that pack. I mean, I don't think, I think that's par- partially why the Celtics moved down because they're fine with taking Josh Jackson or Jason Tatum. I think that was a three. purely a fit. I mean, I. It's a fit thing. Markel, yeah, yeah Markel Fultz is indisputably been, the best player in the draft. It's just if they're if you're not 100, but De'Aaron Fox could have a better career. I mean, he it, could, it, but it, that's it's possible. I mean, honestly, the point is that the Celtics have two very good backcourt players. They, if you know, why not take a free pick, move down, and get one of the best wings or forwards in the draft? Especially if you're if you kind of want a wing, or if you're not 100 percent sold on Markel, why would you yeah. take them number one when you could easily take them three and get that extra pick? No, so this is definitely a win-win, very logical trade for both sides. All right, let's go through the mock drafts here. I'm going to pull yours up, Nathan. I have mine pulled up. Let me go find yours. I got mine on my phone. I can. Okay, excellent. Well, I, I want I want to compare okay. ours as well to see uh, where we agree and disagree because I've been making changes this week. So we both have Fultz and Lonzo Ball going 1-2. I think that's pretty clear at this point. Yeah, especially after D'Angelo. As much as I disagree with it, D'Angelo being sent to Brooklyn, being banished there that means to the gulags. It kind that of means solidifies. Yeah, you don't want to start the season with Jordan Clarkson as your best guard. So they'll probably have a starting lineup of Lonzo, Clarkson, Ingram, you know, uh, Randall, Randall, Randall and, Lopez. Yeah. Unless barring, they trade barring for Paul George. A Paul and George. And yeah, unless something. But I'm, let's, yeah, like, like John said, I like to ignore that stuff until it actually happens. Yeah, I mean, it's fun to think about. So number three, I've kind of gone in with the hype that everyone else has and put Josh Jackson there, even though I think Jason Tatum should go there. No, yeah, I'm Josh going, Jackson probably going. I'm, I'm buying, I'm buying into everyone in the Tatum. Saying, Tatum I, mean, camp. I agree that Tatum should go there because the Celtics need someone who can stretch out, potentially play the four, and Josh Jackson and Jalen Brown are very similar players. But I think that they're going to take Josh Jackson based on what I'm hearing. Yeah, I, I just, well, honestly, at this point. And that's not from my sources. I'm, that's from just scuttlebutt. I, I feel I'm at this point. Your sources. I'm, I'm not, yeah, my sources, I'm not, in quotes. I'm not saying that absolutely that they're going to take Josh Jackson or Jason Tatum because they haven't worked out Josh Jackson, have they? Yeah, he seems to be the likely pick. The fact that they might take someone they haven't worked out kind of intrigues me, and I feel like that almost points to the fact that they really want to make that trade. I think they want to trade it. They might take Jackson just because, but I feel like they want to trade that pick. I they think- might try They might make, trade that pick again, who knows, and try to get more picks. So Jackson and Tatum, three and four, we have those flipped. Uh, the Suns taking yeah. either Tatum or either, Jackson. and they have a much bigger need. I don't as decent as of a player TJ Warren is getting a top tier one of those guys, either Tatum or Jackson or even Jonathan Isaac to pair with Bloodsoe and Booker and Marquise Chris. That's going to look like a pretty talented, very young lineup. Yeah, I don't. I I agree with that. I think they should take one of those threes, kind of. Uh, but I did see something today that they were trying to look at Darren Fox. That could be. And I'm not saying that they. 
Maybe they want to move Bledsoe. Maybe they're done with Bledsoe. They just want every Kentucky point guard. That too. But yeah, I mean, I'm not. Ulyss, I liked Tyler Ulis at the end of the year. I do too. Get some good garbage Tyler Ulis is again one of those players. He's he's never going to be a complete player. No, sure, he's a good backup, and they have yeah. Eric Bledsoe, who's a good starter. I'm just so saying they don't they, need a point guard. They might try to move Bledsoe or something. Is all I'm saying is I wouldn't be. I agree with the Tatum pick there, but I think or Tatum or yeah. Jackson, but I feel like that's they, something where my I often see that my logic does not fall in line with the NBA logic. Well, you know, I'm going to draft this guy because I plan on trading this guy who's already good, and then I can get something for him. I'm, I understand that that works a lot of the time. That's pretty standard in the NBA. I just don't get it at a personal level. Why get rid of something you know and replace it with something unknown Ooh, to get at, something at else the, unknown? At the New York Knicks. Oh yeah, <laughs> supposedly. Have you seen that? Have the you Knicks seen this about cons- Porzingis? They're- yeah, exactly. Like you have this a one, known quantity. You one- have a known good young player. Sure, he's not perfect. He's going to get better. Yeah. Why give him up for something else? Why you don't know. Why about? You know, you know, know a known perfect, quantity though? for an unknown quantity? You know who's perfect? Who's perfect? Laurie Markkinen, apparently, according what? to Phil Jackson. <laughs> yeah, no, he's so- considering. He said, which is Porzingis so stupid. Because guess what? What could Laurie Markkinen be? Oh, he could be a Porzingis. You have Porzingis. That's two inches shorter. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. I know, that's like what that, I'm saying. Like I'm glad never, we all know that the Knicks never, are stupid. Never get rid of a known quantity for an unknown quantity. Okay, I'm glad that you guys agree with me I on com- this, because oh, sometimes I feel crazy. No, you're not. You're, I absolutely agree with you on this. Yeah, no, the Knicks have basically said that they'd be interested in getting rid of Porzingis and taking Markkinen. I kind of read there. that as the same thing as when the Seahawks were shopping, I do my air quotes, Richard Sherman. As in, right. there's some problems. He's talking a little too much. Porzingis is starting to have some opinions about the coaching staff and the, the well, general not, management. There's so they're just in New York. They're just dangling him to say, "Hey, you're still a player. Let's not get ahead well, of ourselves." Well, not to mention, "Hey, you're still a player." But if say someone nabbed at that and try to trade like eight picks, or yeah, something of for course him, you're not going to turn that down. Yeah, as I'm saying, maybe someone, oh, maybe like, I, yeah, no, no team would ever turn down four draft picks for a particular yeah, player, say, particularly if it was say Frank Kaminsky. You know, no one would ever turn. <laughs> well, I'm saying, or like picks. someone like the Brooklyn Nets when they were trying to win now or get the star that they want. And yeah, and trade. save you know LeBron, Curry, Durant. There really is nothing yeah. untouchable in sports. Yeah, except for Brandon Ingram, Matt. <laughs> According to Magic Johnson, he's the only On to number five in our picks. This is where we differ a good bit, Nathan. I have De'Aaron Fox Fox. going to the Kings, and I agree. You went with the easy pick, but the smart pick. Nathan says Jonathan Isaac. Yeah, I mean, Rudy Gay is gone. Buddy Heald is their only scorer. I think Darren Collison is good enough that they can go another year with him. I think De'Aaron Fox has the highest ceiling in the draft. He might. He might. I, I just think Fultz Jonathan does. Isaac. I think Fultz has the highest ceiling. I think Fox has the highest ceiling. Have you watched Markel Fultz? No. Honestly, not I did my research on Fultz today, and I knew he was good, and I said he was the best player. I have a new respect for he watching is, sports on the West Coast now that I did it for a week and a half. I have a new respect player. for that. Isn't he, baseball great on the West Coast? You don't have to stay up till no, 2 a.m. No, that is really Dude, nice. My, the only thing... I was oh, I got to watch research. that women's college World Series game that went like 16 innings, oh, yeah. and it was only like you know midnight there instead yeah, right? of being 3 a.m. on the East my, Coast. My only issue is I was looking at Fultz, and you know the fact that he can shoot over 40 percent from three. He's six five. He has a six. When there's no span. one else on your entire team who can shoot from anywhere at all. Yeah, the fact that he took all the threes <laughs> and he shot over 40 percent. When David Crisp is your second best yeah. three point shooter, and there you sh- you guys shouldn't know who that is. I, rightfully, uh, so. I know him because I was watching. Okay, my yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, so I have Fox, I have Fox crazy. going five. Uh, Jonathan Isaac, Nathan has him going five. I really like Jonathan Isaac. I think he's going to be a very good pro. Uh, six, we both have Malik Monk going to Orlando. Malik Monk does not have a good fit in the top ten, even no, though doesn't. he's a, even was, though he's a top was, ten player. I was struggling with this the other yeah. day. It's just I I've think I've seen him to Orlando and almost I've time. seen him to New York in some cases. Yeah, that would work. I, I think if work. he falls, in, he's not good. He's not getting past in New York. I have, yeah, I've seen him to New York. That's about as low as I've seen him. We both have him going to Orlando at six. At seven, I have Isaac going to Minnesota because he's not off my board. He's off mm-hmm. your board. So you have Markinen going to And I would give them Isaac if he was still there. Exactly. Because so. he is a better fit. And this is kind of a worst-case scenario for Minnesota if I were in charge of them, which I should be. <laughs> because, I mean, then all that's left on the board in your draft would be Dennis Smith and De'Aaron Fox yeah, and Nicolina. And- yeah, a bunch or of Nilakina, point guards. however you say his name. And I don't want to give up on Dunn just yet. And also, Ricky Rubio is still there. Ricky Rubio is still yeah, there. Ricky you got Rubio's Zach Levine. Tyus Jones who got a, showed that he is at least of some sort of value last year. Yeah, you've got you've got a lot of pieces at guard there. So if, yeah. if, if Isaac does fall to Minnesota, that's almost certainly who they're taking. But he won't. But he in, in your in your draft he won't. In I think my he universe. will. 
we'll see. Uh, number eight, we both have Dennis Smith going to New York. Which is too low. He's better than the eighth best player in the draft. But that's just that's the way it's falling right now. I mean, that's how deep the top ten is. The fact that Dennis Smith is going to go late in the top ten says how deep this draft is. I would love to see Dennis Smith go to Minnesota. I know, like you mentioned, the guard load up right now. But I'm, you know, you I I made it very vocal vocal about how I don't give a flip about Ricky Rubio, and that's that's one of the few. That's one of the few scenarios where I would take a risk on an unknown quantity and get rid of what you have and try to salvage some sort of value Smith's from either Dunn so or Rubio. High. Yeah, because I just, yeah, Smith has so much more value as a future prospect than anyone they have on their team. Did you did you see his vertical? He tied the... Oh, freakish, yeah, he right? He tied the NBA record for vertical with 48 inches. That's insane. Like that's, Can you imagine being able to jump four feet? That's more That, that was more than Zach Levine and J- Jason Richardson. Like that's that's incredible. It's freakish. That would be absolutely. That's why I think Dennis Smith, along with the high flying Zach Levine, Carl Anthony Towns, and, and Andrew Wiggins, add him to the to the. Lineup. I like him better than Fox too. I I think he has more I don't know intangibles I because of his shooting. I, think I don't know Fox, if he holds up as Fox, well as Fox will. Fox will never be a shooter. That's my only thing, and that's something that's now you don't need to be a shooter. But today's NBA point guards yeah, need to but shoot. Yeah, D- Dennis Smith is a better fit for the modern NBA. Yeah. On to number nine. It's the Mavericks. You have De'Aaron Fox going there. I think there's absolutely no way he falls. They are so happy that he is there. (laughs) Yeah, the Mavericks are in Nathan's universe. The Mavericks are very happy. Yeah, would be, but he's only well. What you got? You got Yogi, (laughs) Yogi Ferrell, and yeah, and (laughs) combine them both. You got a you know a shooter and a point guard. In in my in my scenario, I have Nikolina Nilakina, however you appropriately say his name. I'm not sure the K and the L get switched on me sometimes. Uh, Tilakina, is it Tilakina or Tilakina? Like uh, the N is silent. I think it's a slightly silent N. I think it's Tilakina. Tilakina. Okay. You go. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit in there. Spice. I have the French. The French guy. The French guy. Nathan is our France expert here. The Uh, real Frank the Tank, because Frank Kaminsky sucks. Yes, he does. (laughs) Yes, he does. I like Frank Kaminsky. Why? He's not on your favorite team. He blew it. Okay. He sucks. He let Duke win. So he's not on your favorite team, Nathan. Trust me. That's true. Number ten, the Kings pick again. You have. They get Frank. They passed well. So this is actually this reminds me of why I gave them Jonathan Isaac instead of De'Aaron Fox is because they dearly need a point guard and a small forward. Picking at number five, there are the last of the top tier of small forwards. There's a lot more good point guards. So take the best small forward, and you can still get a pretty solid uh, point guard. The the next best small forward after that, when they when I have them picking Tilakina, would be. All the way down to OGN and OB or Justin Jackson. Or Justin Jackson. I've seen Jackson go as high as 10 in some drafts, which I yeah. think is too high. I think I see him as high as 10, but I expect him around that 14 to 16. Yeah, that's, range. A, that's the highest I've seen him, but I have gone with that. I have Markinen falling to 10, which feels a little low, but I also feel like. I think that's pretty fair for his fair. talent. I He's, also feel like it would just snatch, like the Hornets would be hoping that one of those top 10 tier players falls to them. But it would snatch hope from the Hornets mm-hmm. that Markinen, especially that he's a white guy, a tall white guy, that would just be the Hornets' dream. Um, well, the thing is... He's like a better Frank Kaminsky. Okay. <laughs> the Frank Kaminsky mentions on this podcast are already far too many. I loved Frank in college. I still like you as a person, Frank, but... No, the problem the problem I have with doesn't work in Charlotte. The problem with Markinen in Sacramento is they have such a good thing going with Labasier and Willie Cauley Stein as that power forward and center of the future. I, I don't know. I got really excited about that at the end of the year. I don't know if Scott was that good. He was pretty darn good when they gave him minutes. Mm, we'll see. We'll see. I think Markinen's a viable option at ten for them. At eleven with the Hornets, we'll skip a little bit here because this is now that we're out of the top 10 we'll kind of accelerate this process we both have donovan mitchell from louisville going to the hornets at 11 i don't, I don't like, like it very it. much i though. don't like it either. i mean it's the hornets so you're not they're just like in a bad spot they yeah. they, they, yes they are they're just, just because I, they won a few games at the end of the year they're Horn, in a bad spot i have a bold prediction the hornet's gonna make the wrong pick that's that's the least I mean, bold thing I've ever heard. Well, okay, <laughs> let's take a step back and look at the big picture. Let's say the Hornets 
Markel Fultz is sitting there for the Hornets. They're oh, ecstatic. Geez. They pick Markel Fultz. Everyone's happy. They would pass him up. They come they in fifth. No, 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 no. This is not my point. I'm getting to. They're so happy. They get Markel Fultz. Everyone says Charlotte won the draft. The Hornets have such a bright future, and they get fifth in the East. Yeah, the end. And LeBron goes to the finals. I'm just saying. I don't. So does it really matter who Charlotte drafts? Why do you? Why are you so pessimistic? What would you say? Am that? I not right? You're what would you say right. that about any other sport other Which than the fact that you're hating it. on the I NBA? I won't say it about any other sport because there's no other sport where one player has gone to the championship every single year for eight years straight. Tom Brady's the closest you because get, and even then he misses it every on once the floor. That's when. That's what happens when you have superstars dominate. There's no way a superstar can dominate the MLB. There's no way one superstar can dominate the NFL. That's why. That no, uh, but one superstar can dominate the NBA. Well, when you let them pick their teammates, they can. Well, no, yeah, but LeBron James has absolutely dominated the NBA. He didn't get Kevin Durant, and he's gone to eight straight finals. Oh, and poor LeBron only I'm, got Kyrie and Kevin Love. I'm and just then... saying he can dominate. LeBron could take almost any team. This is what I'm here team. for. LeBron could take almost any team to the finals. Because he he has that star power to pay. Okay, a, few, a lot of veterans are going to play with him. I still have my solution on how to fix the NBA. That seems so so obvious, and LeBron would not be able to carry any average. Let's hear team. it. Let's hear it. Okay, so this everyone knows that the NBA is a salary We're fixing cap. Fixing the NBA on the Mendoza yes, line. Yes, the salary cap is for parity reasons. The salary cap should be there. That's not the problem. The problem is max contracts because depending on how long you've been in the league. That pretty much determines the maximum amount of money you're about you're allowed to get. So LeBron can get what, like 20, 25 million dollars a year at maximum, which is the same as Mike Conley, the same as Harrison Barnes. So when you have the when you have the opportunity to sign a player like Kevin Durant or LeBron James, you have just as much ability to sign other quality players as if you had built your team around Mike Conley. So if you take away that max contract cap and let LeBron and Durant actually get paid what they're valued are, which is probably half of the franchise's worth, and get $40, $45 million a year, they can't stack up the rest of their team with quality players, and you have to commit to having a one-man team. Yeah, I mean, you're, so you're going to penalize a team for making... It's not choice. penalizing, it's letting them getting paid what they're worth. And if teams decide, I'm not going to build my team around one guy and LeBron's not good enough to carry me, then he won't get that much money. Yeah, but the, but no, he'll get much more money than he's getting now, and they won't be able to sign and, 10 and, veterans And that fixes him. so much, but that's... N- you know that's never going to happen. No, of course not. And you you know that the NBA doesn't want it to happen. Not to mention my idea, but what I'm saying is, if you pick a LeBron James, in 10 years you're going to be penalized for picking LeBron James. Because if you can't pay him and then the other great players... That's how baseball works. Yeah, but again, the baseball salary cap is ridiculous. There is no salary cap. There's no salary cap. So that's what I'm saying is, and again, the one-man domination, it's possible in the NBA. It's harder when you can't sign quality veteran backups. LeBron would not have been able to breeze to the finals without, you know, Richard Jefferson, Channing Frye, just being able to to pick up Kyle Korver off, (laughs) just to be able to grab Kyle Korver off like trade waivers. It's too easy. Yeah, but I mean, you need you you need to be restricted to worse backups if you have that caliber of a player. I don't. I mean that again. Say he never left Miami; they just kept re-signing him. You can't say, oh, well, you're not going to be able to get as many good players just because you made a great choice and got the best player in the in the world. Well, okay, so all I'm that sorry. aside, team parity aside, does it make sense that LeBron and Durant should be able to pay should be able to be paid the same as much as Barnes and Conley? I'm just going to use them as an example because they got maxed out. I mean, if they want to, I mean, you don't have to give Paris and Barnes thirty million dollars, but you do because that's that tier of player. If you don't, someone else will, and you don't get it. Okay. I mean, that's well, just that's the way the choice. market value has been driven, especially with the salary cap stuff that went on last summer and is going to continue to go on in the NBA. You're going to have to pay. Again, I mean, that's how Timothy Mozgov got a four-year, $64 million deal. But which you is, can't do that without basically scrapping the salary cap then because the salary cap would become useless. Say it, your salary cap, LeBron would easily be worth in like $60 million a year. The salary cap's only Only like if someone's willing to pay him. Which they would, but it's only worth, you only have like 100, 600, 100 or so million for your salary cap. It's pointless. It's pointless. It would, I'm okay it would defeat it. the purpose of the salary cap. You follow sports, soccer, and baseball, which don't actually have salary caps. Football does. Yeah, football does, but again. Football, football works perfectly fine. There's a salary cap. There's also no a much larger there, roster. There are yeah. fi- there's 50 players that play in every game. 
That's and they don't need a max contract to make sure they have enough money to pay everyone else once they've paid their quarterback. Again, no one can dominate that much. Only Aaron Rodgers and a few people, but even then, if Aaron Rodgers is out there, he needs receivers. Basketball is because of the size of the game. It is more lending itself, and the fact that every player can have the same impact on the game, the fact that every single player can shoot and make a basket, unlike yeah. in football where essentially an offensive lineman is not there to score. You need right. 53 players. Well, what's, what roles. they have right now is not working, so they should try my idea before you start it's bashing w- it. It's working for a lot of people. I mean, It's working for one team, two I mean, teams maybe. I mean, so a lot of people are okay with it. I mean... That's the what the NBA is, though. Is it not a one-team, two-team, three-team league? Is yeah, it not is always dumb. been that way? I mean, It has always been that way. Well, it's so also people, what so people people are freaking out like you have to find a way to break up the Warriors and the Cavs. You realize that the NBA was a two-team league for 30 years. Yeah, the years. only thing that annoys me more than the NBA itself is the NBA fans who complain about the NBA yet won't stop talking about the NBA kind of like me. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't realize 100% it. 100% you. Oh, so you're self-aware so it's yes. okay. Yeah. Well, cuz I just I just follow it cuz I can't not. Well, it's also <laughs> that's dude, exactly what they want. Well, Nathan. it's also the playoffs. That's the other reason. That, I mean, but I didn't care about. I'll t- I'll say this: I barely watched any playoff games because it was so boring. Well, again, because there's so many playoff games, that's why it's a two-team league. If there was a lot less playoff games, the Warriors might have been able to, like, say, in a perfect situation, the Spurs yeah, steal a game. But it's I mean, it's still you still end up with Warriors caps. Maybe every every scenario this, points to Warriors this caps. year. Yeah, last year, no. No, it wouldn't have. The war, the Thunder would have been okay, it. Okay, yeah. No, if you, no, I'll, I'll give you this that. If you a, turn the playoffs into a one and done scenario, or a three, like say a three game series or something. I'm yeah, just okay, saying, maybe it would add some more variance. We're just attacking the problems at different parts of the game. You're going at a amount of games played. I think that, way to design a playoffs. I'm saying how to construct a well, team. Well, I'm just saying that, but that goes to the point of the NFL. The NFL, I think, a lot of those dynasty type teams. I think the Patriots might just. Have a crap game and not make the Super Bowl one year because they that's crap true. The, bed. the NFL in the does, AFC Championship is one and done. Yeah, but you can't do series in football. Exactly, I know. You I'm just saying, but, but that does lend itself adds to that. To You're the right. individualistic, oh my gosh, that crazy comeback. Oh, the the Atlanta Falcons might have won a three game series against. They were whooping Tom Brady, but Tom Brady got hot. Game over. Like that was just overall. It's just when you have series, when you have seven game series in a game like basketball, the better team's going to win. Oh, like right. 75%. Yeah, and in this situation, the better team is too much better. Yeah, well, so and like that's why I think this year, this year was So fix of, one or the other. This year was an outlier, though. This is the most stacked roster on paper in the history of basketball. Yeah, and even though it was, it's not the first time we've seen this happen, where you can pretty much chalk in, like, going back to that 30 for 30, which is definitely worth watching. You can chalk up Bill uh, Bill Russell versus Jerry West or Magic also, versus Bird. Yeah, but also for what, five six years at a time. Bill Russell, they played what? Those are ten teams, eight teams in the league. It's a lot different back then. <laughs> I mean, when there's eight teams in the league and someone wins a bunch, it's of not that different because we just saw the two teams go <laughs> go to the championship three times in a row, I'm and just, LeBron's been there every year since 2005 or I mean, whatever. I think that is a testament more to him than anybody. Okay, else. we we need to be done with that. Circling sure circling back to our mock draft somewhere in there, <laughs> number twelve. Yeah, number twelve. We're not going through this whole draft. Right, I got I got a question for you then. Okay, what, for each of you. Where do you where do you think Justin Jackson will go? This is perfect. And where do you want him to go? I want him to go number eleven to Charlotte. Okay, because I'm because I'm a fan. But I have him going number twelve to Detroit. I don't want to go to Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, that would be horrible. It's a hot I mean, mess. it would be bad, but I mean, it would it would fit. He's a fit there. But Nathan, fit, you have him going. It's also a hot mess. You have him right going now. to Portland. You, yeah. Basically, you have. The Portland Trailblazers becoming every Tar Heels' favorite team. Yes, I, I would love this so much. I already kind of do like the Trailblazers. They got, they got rid of a Plumlee and they signed a Justin Yeah, and Jackson. they got Nurkic and Damon McCollum. They have an awesome, very likable team. Justin Jackson would slot right in at the three. Pat Connaughton. <laughs> Jake Lehman. Don't forget about Jake, Jake Lehman. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, he's a great fit there, and I think he would be able to contribute immediately. And you also like have there. Tony Bradley going to Portland later in the first round. Yeah, correct? he can back up. I mean, he needs time. So, you know, he can sit behind Nurkic. They they kind of still need a power forward, but uh, Jackson would give them some much-needed perimeter defense next I, to Lillard and McCollum. I'd say, where honestly, where I kind of want him to go, kind of Denver. I think I want him to go to Denver personally because Denver's that youthful team that's growing. You got... Jamal Murray, you got your boy Jokic, 
You, and if you plug in a Justin Jackson, a wing, especially if they're losing. I mean, don't get me wrong. Denver's one of my favorite. They're probably my favorite team in the West just by team build. Plus, they're probably going to have to sign a new small forward. And then maybe if they draft what's, Justin What's Jackson, wrong? Do they not have Gallinari? He's probably gone. He's Wilson a free Chandler. Agent. He's a free agent. Oh, okay. I oh, think yeah. Gallinari is a free agent, and they're not going to pay him a bunch of money. No. He's good. pretty good, though. Yeah, he's good, but he's not going to be worth what? The Italian stallion? He's probably going to he's probably going to sign a $25 million a year contract. Yeah, and because he's just good enough to get maxed out? Yeah, and he can't pay. And yeah, but I don't think a, yeah, a youth a youthful team like that should no, sign right. someone like I that. actually have him getting OGN and Obi, so they still go with yeah. the three. And so someone like that, I, I think that's good for them, too. That I think they need to pick a wing there. Someone like Terrence Ferguson, OGN and Obi, or Justin Jackson. I just, for me, preferably, I'd want him in Denver. Yeah, I would I be happy with that. Fun. I would be happy. I mean, I want him in Charlotte. That's just, because it's, it's yeah, just there. Oh, I mean, yeah, of course. I'd, I'd, be, I'd love him in Charlotte. I'd get to go see him. That'd be great. Of course. And I want to do the Baker on the Seahawks. But. Well, what you going to do? <laughs> Yeah. Other to... other notable first round picks. Let's keep going here, Jonah. I have your Bulls taking Luke Kennard. No, yeah, same. I hate you. I kind of <laughs> want Justin Jackson to go. I want Justin Jackson to go. To it the makes Bulls, so much honestly. sense though if Jackson's gone for them to get. Oh, yeah. It makes a lot of sense to take Kennard. I'm sorry, no, but I mean, I honestly, he's one of the le- least hateable Dukies. Yeah, but I know, but I would despise him on the Bulls. However, I think the Bulls pick there is Terrence Ferguson, not because I want Terrence Ferguson. Terrence Ferguson seems a very Bulls pick. The very yeah. A bad pick? A bad pick, or you have no idea what he's going to be. Like Tony Snell. People, they like play Tony, Tony Snell, Snell, and they were like, what? I don't know what he He's could a be. nice little 3 and D shooter yeah, in Milwaukee he, now. People said he could have been great, could have been a starting <laughs> two or something. But now, and then they were like, eh. But he, he had a, a high ceiling, low floor. Yeah. Terrence Ferguson's a high ceiling, low floor. Moving, and that's very moving on low. down the first round, other players of interest. You've got John Collins from I Wake Forest, a, I ACC see, guy. I see yeah. one thing that, I mean, a lot of fans might be interested in. Another debatable pick, Harry Giles way down there at Portland for you, and Harry Giles all the way up where for you? I got even? Detroit taking him at yeah, 12. Yeah, Detroit. So that's that seems the really pick. high to me. It is. I'm higher on I've Harry Giles se- I've most. seen him I'm in the, lo- uh, the bottom of the first. Because you know what I see when I watched him play when he was at his best? After when he you know once he once he gets over his injury, I see Thon Maker. No, he can't handle like Thon. Well, he's not, not many can. One. He's he can't. He's shoot a watered threes. down Thon. He will be able to shoot threes. So he Just can't shoot threes year. as well. He can't handle the ball, and he's like, well, he's not as good. And but he's, he's like three inches shorter. He's the same build of player as that. You know, center stretch. He's a stretch center. So you didn't give him to the Bucks. Well, he didn't make it to the Bucks. Otherwise, they would have grabbed him immediately. Of I don't course, think he's anything like Thon Maker. Plus. Harry Giles has some muscle on him. Thon's about 150 pounds. Well, we can't all be Thon Maker. <laughs> that's right. No, says says the five seven. However five, you eight tall sometimes. you are. Mm, that's a stretch. <laughs> I'm gonna go five six. Definitely not five six. <laughs> uh, you can't. You can't lie to me. Further down, uh, Tony Bradley. I have him going 27th now to the Lakers because they got the 27th pick from Brooklyn. So I have Bradley going to the Lakers, which I kind of like. Yeah. And do you think he's still going to Portland to in your in your pick? Yeah, that's before that happens. He's yeah. gone. Yeah. You have him. Do you have him going where I have Giles going? Twentieth, I think. Twenty six. Twenty six. Yeah. You have him going at twenty six to Portland. So I have Caleb Swanigan going there. Now uh, the, here's the thing: if you are a team in the late first round or early second round, and you need a power forward, you are in luck. There are because a ton. that's pretty much the only thing left after the top twelve picks. Yeah. Other other picks I enjoy. Uh, just looking through my draft, I really hope Josh Hart goes to the Spurs because it just fits. Ugh. It just fits. I know that's why I hate it. <laughs> Nathan doesn't like the conventional. No. I, I think Josh Hart goes to the Spurs at twenty nine. And now because. Josh Hart, he made a, a list that because uh, you asked for a list of sleepers. Josh Hart is on my list of sleepers. Kind of that Malcolm Brockton esque, maybe second round pick. Ish region where he's a he's a three or four year player in college that's going to drop him out of the first round and hey he could end up being borderline rookie of the year material so some of my other sleepers I had this year Josh Hart um, Terrence Ferguson one of those guys that could be a top ten talent or could be an undraftable talent like he's just one of those guys so and honestly I had to throw Tony Bradley in there just because you you never know there's a reason he's going to the draft he thinks he has the talent and he has a good work ethic. And he has those that set skill set that we could see a really good offensive center. We could see um, I've seen all three of the Oregon people and a lot of people sleeper picks. 
Dylan Brooks. It's too easy though. That like yeah. I'm gonna throw Josh Hart in there too. It's cheating to pick your sleeper as like a three four year college starter who like dominates college because you know they're good. Well yeah, and you know the NBA is gonna undervalue them. All the one yeah exactly, but all the one and dunce are going in the top fifteen, most of them at least. I mean that's the point, except for Tony Bradley. <laughs> I mean Nathan, do you have any sleepers that aren't all the Oregon college people, players? Who, who um. Do you have? I would go John Collins and Ivan Rab. I could see. I don't like Ivan Rab. I, I like think, John Collins. I think Rab is going very low. In I a think lot of whoever drafts. and DJ. I'll throw in DJ Wilson there. Pretty much my point is, if you pick TJ Leaf in the middle of or late first round, you're going to feel sorry that you didn't get one of those other power forwards who are all going to be better than him. I'll go a little further down to the second round because I saw this guy work out for the Hornets. I actually now have the Hornets picking him because I think he would fit in what they want to do as a stretch four type. Cameron Oliver, out of Nevada, I think is an interesting talent. As he can stretch out, he was draining threes in the workout, 6'11", power forward type. Yeah, if it weren't for the glut of power forwards, he would be a much higher pick. He would be a much higher pick. So I have him falling to Charlotte at 41. I think that could be, now that might be too smart of a pick for the Hornets, but I think that makes a lot of sense. I like him a lot uh, for whoever gets him. And then you've got... Uh, several good wing scorers in that second round range. You've got Dwayne Bacon. Dwayne Bacon being the first among those. Nigel Williams Goss. You've got the South Carolina guys who made all their noise in the tournaments and Darius Thornwell, PJ Dozier, uh, Dylan Brooks in that, the Oregon guys. So you've got a lot of wing scorers in now, that mid second round tier that I, probably only one or two of them will pan out, but at least one of them will. Yeah. Another player that I've seen fall, he got injured, but he declared for the draft that I'm interested in the Bulls looking at, if his ACL is good, because we know the Bulls and their ACL injuries at point guard, Edmund Sumner. He's a guy that dominated basketball, college basketball for a while until he got his ACL tear. I would love to see if he's in there in the mid second, mid to early second round. If he's there, the Bulls I just have the Bulls going point guard in yeah. the second round. Not Edmund Sumner, but they could. I gave him Nigel Williams Goss. Would you be happy like about Nigel. that? No, oh. I don't like. I like. I, would him be as happy I gave him. I, gave him I like him as a person. I don't like him as an NBA talent. He just does not seem athletic enough for me. To He'll be, surprise people. He's going to be fine. He's not going to be good, though. That's my thing. He's Jonah's never going to be gonna, solid. Imagine if Jonah got players from Duke and Gonzaga as his well, I don't, team's see, well, see, I, would, I wouldn't be mind if, <laughs> See, I don't, I'm not mad at Williams Goss. I just would prefer him. I don't care about Gonzaga. I, I didn't like them because they were overrated, and we beat them, so it's fine. I don't, I, I'm rooting for Gonzaga now. We just, just called them the overrated. Year, most of the year... They were overrated. They were overrated. They lost to us by like a handful of points in the last minute of the game that could have easily gone the other way. Well, to be fair, they could have easily lost in like the second round. I mean, anything can easily happen if we're going to play that game. I'm just saying they're (laughs) they're the consistently most overrated team in the country. Not this year. Consistently. Sure, maybe in a couple years ago, not this year. Every other year. I'm just, I, was, I was just saying it this year because it's happened every. I was be, I was betting I was doubling down. Mr. On the East, East Coast bias doesn't like it when any West was, Coast teams no, get any credit. I was doubling go. down on aces. Okay, it's not my <laughs> fault. Like I saw a team that had not got past the Sweet 16 yet had a top. They two were seed. overdue. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> they still lost because all their weird people up in. Seattle so I think what we're gonna do is we're going to <laughs> Spokane. Sp- Spokane. It's Gonzaga, Spokane. Spokane. Not the other way around. (laughs) Spokane, which is bigger than Salt Lake City, by the way. Okay, who cares? Well, they have a freaking basketball team. Who cares? Why? Why why should Spokane have a team? They shouldn't, and neither should Salt Lake City. Speaking of that, will Gordon Hayward be a Celtic at the end of the offseason? Yeah, Yeah, he will. I'm kind of looking forward to that. He has Brad Stevens. It's too easy. It's It's like everything in the NBA you think is going to happen ends up happening. This is like the most easily predictable. So so that's why people have Markinen going to the Mavericks because like, oh, look. Yeah, exactly. It's too easy. It's too easy. Well, he's he's a white wing and his college coach is the head coach. I mean, and they have the need for that scoring wing. I mean, it's there. It's it's wild. I would open. be happy for Gordon if that does happen. Yeah, I would be too. I mean, I'd also be sad for the Jazz because I'm starting to like the Jazz. If only Utah. I just don't like Utah in general. But I do like the Jazz for some reason. So mainly because of Rudy So Gobert. what we're going to do, I think, is since we have gone almost an hour here, I think we're going to split this in half at this point. we got to make it an even hour. Make it an even hour? Yeah. Well, let's BS around for another 90 seconds here. So you mean... Do exactly what we've been doing. Do exactly what we've been doing. Yes. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, who, who uh, Oh, yeah, we, we can talk for one minute about Isaiah Hicks and Kennedy Meeks. Are they, have they any chance? Of neither of them drafted? will get drafted. Neither and, them, uh, sadly, neither of them will get drafted. No. Neither, both of them will get signed. Do I don't know if Kennedy Meeks will get signed. I think, I think he'll get signed. The, the chance <laughs> if he Kennedy wants Meeks, to play in the G League. If the, a chance for Kennedy Meeks only because he showed some amazing defense at the end of the year. Otherwise, I don't really see him, but Isaiah Hicks has the sheer athleticism. He's got the athleticism. He team, needs some team will a take switch. a chance on Isaiah yeah. Hicks needs to flip the switch. Kennedy Meeks, here's some career advice. Just go to Europe. Like it's you'll you'll have a longer go career. To J- go join Joe James you'll make in Japan. More, yeah, you'll make more money. Go play in another league. But but I think with Isaiah Hicks, he has the athleticism, but he needs to flip the switch. He needs to do because he, he didn't do it as senior. I thought he was going to. I thought he was gonna become yeah. that fifteen point a game. Maybe kind of I mean the only if, if anything, maybe becoming a professional athlete will change that. You can focus all your energy on getting better and working in the gym. You don't have to worry about school. Sometimes that can be the he difference. He hasn't worked in a shot, which is good. That is good. So. That is good. That's a good segue. In the second part, we'll start talking a little bit about UNC athletics and wrap up all the UNC sports that we've missed since we've been off the air. Part two coming up now.